So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back, everybody, to DTFF. Thank you so much for joining us this evening, if you're joining us live. And thank you to our audio-only listeners as well for joining us after the fact. Thank you for bearing with us here as we got a late start this evening. I was having some technological issues that we had to work through before we got going here because our standards are only the best for you. But we're here better late than never. And, and we've got a great show for you all this evening. But before we get into it, say hi to my co-host, Jacob Trowbridge. How are you doing this evening, sir? Hi, Dustin. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing good. You know, we're now four weeks deep into fantasy football, the, the quarter point nearly of the NFL season. So it's nice. It's nice to have settled into a, a bit of a comfort level with it, though, isn't it? It really is. We're starting to see some what we thought were trends are now kind of just actually playing out. And, you know, it's it's been a great season so far. Yeah, quite the injury ridden season to this point. Yeah. And week four really just kind of cemented that. Basically, if you manage a fantasy football team, good luck. Because there is a strong <laughs> chance that about a third of your players are out for at least a week. So we'll talk through some of that, I'm sure, as we get into the meat of our episode. And if mm -hmm. I can catch this goddamn mosquito that's flying by me, Dustin, uh, you are going to hear this probably a lot throughout the show as I try to <laughs> uh, keep my domain my own. But anyways, yeah, right. have, you, uh, have you really been hit in your leagues with injuries yet? I have. Um, this last week, especially, uh, I know I've talked about my all lions, uh, offensive team I have here. So I was without Amon Ra and DeAndre Swift did manage to pull out the victory though, by, by less than two points. So all well, cause you also well, had but... TJ Hawkinson, right? On true. That all very lions true. Team. Yes. So he made up the difference the, with yes. that performance. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I was hit with the bug. Absolutely. It, it was, it was a rough go. Overall, though, my team's more or less pulled it out, though. So how about you? Uh, my teams never pull out. That's it. <laughs> uh, I, I just, you know, have to throw in, nearly throw in the towel in our home league, man. It has been a devastating start. I've not experienced anything this terrible in that league since I joined it five or six you, years ago and it's just not feeling good i'm oh four listeners i'm oh at four in the most important league because the home league means everything that's right and i uh conversely am four and oh in this in this league thank you for rubbing salt in the wounds Justin. i was waiting well, of for course. that announcement as I'm sure all of our listeners were. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's it's one of these things now where it's just shoot for the moon every single week. Just yep, all upside. The decisions are going to get ridiculous for my starts. It's, hey, I'm going to be throwing out dudes that, that folks have never heard of just on the, the hope that they score a couple of touchdowns. Well, there is always that. <laughs> there is, there is. But the rest yeah. of my leagues, I feel very confident yeah. in, well, so that's good. nice. I, yeah, I've cool. been crying into those leagues. I've <laughs> just been <laughs> holding up my phone and, and bashing in that glow. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. And now at this point, you know, Dustin, I need to take to the heart some of what we're going to be talking about later in the mm -hmm. show because we're talking about players we need to cut bait on and say goodbye to. And especially if you're in my situation, if you are 0-4, if you are 1-3, you need to really be taking this advice and saying, all right, I can't mess around. So we're going to help mm -hmm. you with that. Got to turn the ship around. That's right. So, yeah, we're talking some veterans you should be cutting bait on. And maybe there's some that you shouldn't, you know, that, that all hope isn't lost at this point. But mainly it's like, yeah, these are guys we thought going into the season, hey, their value is depressed a little bit because they're the old guys, um, which which we're kind of team old guy here uh, on the oh, yeah. podcast. We we. We love our veteran players. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're going to take a little closer look 
this evening and see if some of these players are ones you really should be just letting go or just holding on like Rose and Jack and Titanic. <laughs> oh God. Does that mean somebody's about to freeze to death before no. the end of this season? Okay. No, good. no, 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 no. It'll end better than that. So before we get into it, Jake, what are we drinking this evening? Since you provided this lovely beer for us. I did. I'm keeping the good times going from Door County. I didn't realize this. This is like four weeks in a row. I can't shut up about my Door County trip, apparently. But it's a lovely place with lovely beer. This one uh, is from One Barrel, which is a local, but also resides in Door County. It's yep. a cherry lager. This is kind of an interesting one, Dustin. I don't I don't know if you'd had this one before or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've had it on tap here for in Madison at least for the last couple years that I know of for sure. A few years. Uh, very, it's a seasonal beer, obviously, uh, hence the fall with cherry season. Uh, so they only have it on for a very limited time. This is an interesting beer. I, it's fine. You don't get a lot of that that cherry flavor. Like like there is no. a flavor to it, but it's not like that heavy like sweet cherry flavor that. Uh, you're looking for or you'd expect when you read cherry lager uh but it, but it's a fine lager it's 4.8 percent, very drinkable it doesn't make you pucker it doesn't give you the no. cherry pucker on both no, ends. not at all okay it, it doesn't accomplish that well no. that's too bad uh i know that you are team anti-pumpkin and so when fall rolls around this is pretty much your sweet spot then for uh fall mm-hmm. flavored beers if we're not talking october fest am I obviously right? obviously yeah. Well, I'm sorry it wasn't great, but uh No, it's it's a perfectly fine beer. I don't have any complaints about it. It just doesn't knock my socks off. It's not a four and O beer. That's all it is. It's four That's two right. two beer. That's I right. Get it. Uh Hollywood Titan in the chat. What up? Hey to Hollywood, you, sir. Thanks for joining uh, join us, my us, friend. Join us in this caravan of terrors that we're about to embark on. Speaking of which, <laughs> dare we get into the drunk trade of the week? Yeah, let's do it. Drunk, 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 trade of the week. Dustin, we have broken the streak. We no longer have a submission from Reddit. We got one from Twitter. And in fact, we got one from someone we know on Twitter. So shout out to Joe Pepe at JPEP20 on Twitter. I threw this out and tried to uh, get more drunk trades, asking if anybody had made one this season. Now, Joe didn't uh, have one to offer for this season, but asked, does a drunk offseason Brian Edwards for a second rounder count? I thought the trade said third rounder. So that means Joe gave up a second round pick for Brian Edwards. And you listeners are going to have to scroll, 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 scroll through those fantasy rankings to see where he has finished this season <laughs> i can tell you it's it's not high That's uh now job. here's some great context though joe says it may count triple because i was at a wedding as the ordained minister i was tossing back shots of tequila and combining it with captain and cokes yowza i nailed my speech as minister but failed the trade overall dustin i think we can both agree with that last part yes now, hypothetically, if it was a third-round pick, would you hold out any sort of hope for Brian Edwards? We're not going to talk about him later, but would you hold out hope for him? Yeah, for a third, yeah. Why not? I mean, if it, especially if I was kind of weak on uh, wide receiver. I mean, we didn't like the situation in Las Vegas for, for Edwards for whatever reason, but he had a lot of draft capital. I know there's a lot of hype for him coming in last year. Or is it two years ago as a rookie? Two years ago as a rookie. Uh, you know, we thought maybe change of scenery. And I think things could improve there and in Atlanta. But until they get a better quarterback, probably not. So, so you you think it's the quarterback. You think Marcus Mariota is who is holding back Brian Edwards from reaching his fantasy relevance. Is that is that what I'm understanding right now? Yes. <laughs> I can't get on board. I cannot get on board with that. Uh, I Brian Edwards, to me, uh, if, if you'd picked him up off of waivers for $5 of fab, I think you would have spent too much in retrospect now. Not saying going into the season, I think there was a glimmer of hope with the change of scenery. I just have no hope 
left <laughs> for Brian Edwards, unfortunately. Well, that's fine. But yeah, he, he but has first... as many he has as many targets to this point as fellow teammate Anthony Ferkser, and he has less than Kadero Hodge, less than Parker Hesse. I don't know who that is. <laughs> A lot less than Olamide Zacchaeus. These are not studs that are holding him back. Let's put it that way. That is fair. But <laughs> for a third, though. Oh, boo. For yeah, a third, though. Is, is with me on this. Let me, let me finish my thought here. For a third, I would have been okay with it, especially in the offseason for a second. Yeah, not not a great uh, move there. Sure. How how are you? Are you okay with the shots of tequila combined with Captain and Cokes? Because oh, I don't think I am. No, no. I, oh, I, my God. That's. I mean, good on uh, you, Joe, for being able yeah. to minister uh, for the duration of that wedding, or at least for the part that you were needed. Mm-hmm. So kudos on that. Kudos much more on that than on the trade itself, I think. But thank you for submitting this. This was a fun one. I love mm-hmm. the situation of it, if nothing else. Yes. Thank you, Joe, for that. So before we get into our main event, um, our beer bet payoff for last week, um, we we jointly decided to nullify this uh, beer bet. We had a Tua versus Joe uh, bet here. And obviously with Tua's injury, uh, especially early on like that, it just uh, kind of negated the whole thing. So, um, yeah. Jake was a gentleman about this and yeah. And just, you know, saying someone's a genius because someone got, someone else got hurt does not feel great here in the heart bone. So uh, yeah, we, we decided to forego that this week. And um, so Dustin, we didn't talk about this. Obviously we, we negated it. Absolutely. Yes, that's great. Now I did throw out the opportunity. Once that happened, I said, what if we just put our starts of the week head versus head? You didn't like that idea. Uh, we can talk about why a little bit later, but you know, we could double down. I say this week it's double down. So the loser does two next week to make up for lost time. What do you say? Huh? Okay. I mean, I'm confident in my, my abilities here. All right, let's do it. I'm, I'm making a note already. So there's no backseat outies of this. Um, but yes, uh, no previous beer bet, but two for next week. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. All right. So let's get into the main event here. So as I said at the top, we are talking about underperforming veterans. So the, the baseline that I used for this as setting up the show, show sheet this week was for QBs and tight ends. They're outside the top 15 and for wide receivers and running backs outside the third 36, 36. Freudian Words. slip, but an accurate one. Yeah, very much so. Um, so yeah, Jake, do you want to start us off here with a particular player? Yeah, I do, and I and I want to uh, preface this by saying this doesn't this doesn't feel good. I don't take a lot of joy out of this, and in fact, just last week in week three, I thought there was still some life left in this guy, but Matt Ryan quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts this year. Dustin, I certainly was thinking, man, he takes over for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz did okay for fantasy with the Colts last year. We talked about Mm -hmm. how good their offensive line was supposed to be coming into the season. You said, man, that Michael Pittman, he's really something. That Jonathan Taylor, he's really something. And then you got a a good group of serviceable guys around that. Serviceable, Mm -hmm. not studs, but like Matt Ryan can make this work. Matt Ryan is quarterback 22. Matt Ryan let's be honest, has had Matt one Ryan, Matt Ryan in his time in Atlanta, you know, for, for a chunk of time, really just had one really great wide receiver and then a bunch of nothing around him. So he's used to playing that way. Typically one great receiver, one pretty solid tight end at least, you know, if not mm-hmm. better. I mean, right. not talking about the Tony Gonzalez days, but even after that, like usually a solid guy. We thought still two solid receiving options at minimum on this team. And yeah, it comes in. It's It's been really, really, really terrible. He has had one uh, really fantasy relevant week, which was week three. And weirdly, that was just touchdowns. 
You know, that his yardage was pretty bad <laughs> that week. He's actually thrown for a fair amount of yards in a couple of games. I mean, he has two games over 350 yards. That's pretty solid. In both of those games, he's at least had a touchdown. The turnovers have been really terrible for him. Certainly, if you play a league that penalizes, you know, quarterbacks getting sacked, you're not a mm-hmm. fan of Matt Ryan. Nope. Just in general, though, I mean, it's quarterback 22. It's a decent performance to hang your hat on, and that's not enough for me to hold him in probably almost two quarterback redraft leagues. I'd much rather take on a guy with more upside. Like, mm-hmm. I think I would rather have Jacoby Brissett far and away as my quarterback two until week 11 than stick with Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do not disagree with that at all. He just he has looked putrid so far, and you can you can tell that he's just reached the end. It, it's just he doesn't look good. Uh, like you said, they got plenty of weapons on that offense, and he just can't get them the ball, and it's so infuriating to see. The offensive line sucks this mm-hmm. year. They absolutely suck. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't want to dwell on Matt Ryan. I just wanted to throw him out there. Who would you like to move on over to as your cut bait guy? Um, the guy I want to talk about here, someone I was pretty high on, or I should say I had high hopes going into the season, but so far has not panned out whatsoever. And that's Juju Smith-Schuster coming in at wide receiver 47 for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I really thought that... With this offense, yes, it would take a few weeks to get going, uh, but really the offense hasn't missed that much of a beat. Uh, Mahomes is just getting the ball to different players, not named Juju at this point. Uh, Kelsey, just fine. I'm taking the L on that one and my Same. my hot take uh, in the offseason here. Um, and, you know, you're seeing... Some of the other wide receivers get a little bit involvement. The running backs are much more involved than I expected, but really it's been funneled through Kelsey. And at wide, I thought for sure Juju could be like a low end wide receiver too. And yes, yeah. there's still plenty of time to turn it around. You know, as you said at the top, we're only quarter, about a quarter of the way through the season. However, I'm just not seeing it at this point. He might be a flex option down the stretch here, but even then, I think you could have players with more upside because I just haven't seen any of the upside so far. What sucks about Juju to this point is he is the second guy on their depth chart for receiving right now. Like as everything stands, even though Patrick Mahomes is spreading the ball around, Mm -hmm. he is second in targets. He is second in receiving yards and receptions. I mean, he's not getting any work really near the red zone. And that's kind of be expected. I mean, Travis Kelsey is there. They've had fucking Clyde Edwards Alaire scoring touchdowns off of negative total rushing yards. Like that kind of stuff should balance its way out, you would mm-hmm. think, as we go. But you know, I I did say that it would be a spread offense coming into this season. I didn't expect it to look like this, though. And overall mm-hmm. the the Kansas City offense has just been a little underwhelming. Uh, I mean, last week you had to really like what you saw um, Patrick Mahomes do, and you would just hope that Juju becomes a bigger part of that going forward. But I'm with you, man. It's rough. Yeah, I mean, so far they've got three, six, eight, eight touchdowns to non-wide receivers on the team. Um, someone named Jody Forston has two receiving touchdowns as a tight end on the team. So yeah, they're spreading the ball around a lot, just not to the players we thought that would be getting them. So yeah, unless that improves, I I mean, he's, I don't know that he's droppable at this point, but he's definitely not startable unless you're, you know, with bye weeks coming up here that, that you need to start him. And like I said, unless the situation starts to improve a little bit, maybe it could be a a solid flex option for you. But right now he needs to sit on your bench uh, to see if things improve. Yeah, he's more of a cut bait from your starting lineup. More than cut bait from your entire roster. But I want to talk about somebody who is, unfortunately, a cut bait from your roster at this point. And it's at a gross position. So you might say, well, 
why even bother? Because whoever I'm going to throw in there probably isn't going to do any better than Evan Ingram, who is tight end 18. Now, this one stings a lot for me because mm -hmm. we are and were extremely high on the Jaguars offense. Mm -hmm. We talked about this on Sunday. Maybe ridiculously high for some folks coming into this season. And in the post-Urban Meyer world, we have liked what we've seen from Evan Ingram's quarterback, Trevor mm -hmm. Lawrence. We've loved what we've seen from the wide receivers there. But it seems like it doesn't extend to the tight ends. Uh, and Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, if anybody was holding out hope for Dan Arnold, the fellow tight end over there, you can go ahead and lump him in here. <laughs> it's not been good, but Dustin, I want to ask you this. I'm talking mm -hmm. about cutting bait. So moving a guy like Evan Ingram off of your roster means that you want somebody who's going to come in and get more upside to replace him. Right. Because this might as well be a streaming position at this point, right? So are there guys that you say, man, I've got Ingram sitting there. Let me move him for X player. Or are you just strictly looking at weekly matchups at that point? Um, I think if I could, I would just be looking at weekly matchups, but kind of looking at the list here of guys that are right above or, you know, same areas as Evan Ingram, uh, you know, Bob Tanyan, he's started to come on the last couple of weeks here, uh, coming back from that injury. Same with Irv Smith, you know, he's been getting more play. So, I mean, those two right off the hat are ones I'd be looking at Mo Alley Cox, maybe. Um, he's just outside of tight end one territory. Uh, we've seen him. I know this last week he had a couple couple of uh, big plays there, touchdowns. So, I mean, there there's some guys, but I think at this point, I mean, if you're shooting for those players anyway, you might as well just play the matchups and, and take the best one you can. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with that. I mean, I think maybe there's a guy or two. Like, I, I did pick up Taysom Hill this past week basically to play over Evan Ingram, it feels like, you know, I'd rather take the upside there, especially with all the injuries coming around in New Orleans and say, well, hope for a touchdown. And it seems like he has a better chance than most to get one every week. Mm -hmm. um, guys like Dawson Knox, I feel like it's it's got to happen. That whole Bills offense has been odd, especially this past week against Baltimore. Certainly was not the type of shootout that we envisioned. So maybe a guy like Dawson Knox gets a lot more involved going forward. But yeah, sadly, end of the road for my hopes of Evan Ingram being a thing this year. Yeah, and it's too bad because he's actually third on the team in receptions. Uh, but his uh, his receiving yards, he's still under 100 yards with 13 receptions. So he's just getting short little passes and then getting tackled right away, unfortunately. So... It's, it's sad to see, and they're obviously not utilizing them right now in the red zone either uh, with no touchdowns. Hopefully you'd see that uh, change and we get some uh, regression back to the mean there. Uh, but yeah, at this point, not worth hanging around on your roster. Sadly. Let's talk mm -hmm. more sadness. Who you got for us? Oh, we are just wallowing in sadness <laughs> today. All right. Where do I want to go next? I don't I know. The, you I look at the list. Barely too it's, many it's, options. It's it's all too sad. Um, I will I will go with um, Elvin Kamara here next. Um, currently sitting at RB sixty one, and yes, he hasn't played two games. So I, I understand that that it's it's not uh, the same as the rest oh. of the players here we're talking about. What? Can you hear me? You cut out, but that's okay. We're back. We're oh, back. Keep going. okay. I was like, what happened? Oh, no. All right. We can cut that in post. There is no cut post. Cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I lost my whole train of thought. So Alvin Kamara. Yes, I know he's only uh, played two games, but still, he what we've seen out of him the first couple weeks has not been great. He just hasn't looked like himself uh, as we're you know, this whole offense, I should say the whole offense. Chris Olave has been doing great. Michael Thomas started off great week one, kind of has been tailed off here. I know he's had a little injury. Uh, the whole offense is just kind of dinged up right now. Uh, so I think that's just slowing things way down. And again, Elvin Kamara, not someone you're going to cut off your roster, but he does not need to be in your starting lineup until you see this offense improve and see him come back healthy. 
I just and it's hard to say with a stud like this because because he should be helping you win weeks, uh, especially where you were able to draft him in this offseason. Uh, you were getting him later than we've seen him over the last, you know, four seasons. So I just it it, it, hurt, it really pains me to say it. And I just I don't you can't trust him right now. And I'm sure the one week that you have him on your bench, he's going to go off for like four touchdowns. But I would be willing to take that chance right now until I see him back and healthy. See, with a guy like Kamara, he is one, if he comes back healthy and they say, for the game, he's active, he's suiting up, he's going into my lineup. Because running back right now is so terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Like, here's, I want to get your opinion on this. And it, just as a little bit of context, mm-hmm. he, I, yes, he's been banged up. And when he's been in there, he's gotten some targets, 11 targets through two games that he's actually played. So I do like to see that. That is But nice. let's let's talk turkey here. So Alvin Kamara, they come out and, and they say he's in. So week five, he's starting. If you had to choose between playing him and playing Ramondre Stevenson, who would you play? Uh I, I would uh, uh, the match can see what the matchup so is. No, 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 no. Well, well I mean, if you're giving me a choice and uh, yeah. I can play the matchups. But uh, it's that it's that point for you where you have to look at Alvin Kamara as a matchup right. dependent guy. Yeah. Okay. I so, mean I just I until we see, like I said, until we see it, I just, I can't trust him. And I don't want to risk at this point him coming out and giving me a goose egg because he comes in for a few plays and gets re-injured. If he's, you know, with his injury, I can't assume he's going to come back fully healthy. You know, and a guy that that you're you're expecting to, you know, give you 15 plus points in a week to come out and give you that big goose egg. I, it, that's a hard pill to swallow, man. And I would, I would until, like I said, until we see him coming out and, and producing. And even if it's just the one week, I'll take the hit on the one week and then come back next week and say, Hey, I was wrong. He looked great. You know, cut my losses, but I'm willing to chance that for this one week coming off of these, this injury that he's missed a couple games. Damn. Got I, I just can't do it. I mean, for me, it's like thinking of who do I actually have on my rosters that could step in and go, well, they have even close to his ceiling, let alone do they have a secure enough floor. You know, like, I mean, guys like Chase Edmonds, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, which we might as well talk about him now in the same breath since we're on this gross trope of of old running backs who are disappointing. Dustin, let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott, who is RB35 on the season. He doesn't have the excuse of missing games. He's played all four. This isn't an Alvin Kamara banged-up guy situation. Mm -hmm. This is just Ezekiel Elliott being Ezekiel Elliott. It stings uh, if you've drafted him, as I did in the one league that I bet against myself in. So what are your thoughts about Zeke? Do you feel like... Because for me, it's it's very clearly he's a guy I'd much rather bench going forward until I see some signs of life out of him. Yeah, this one pains me. I mean, it's kind of the same situation. I just. And it's weird because Zeke and Pollard are back to back. They're currently 36 and 37 uh, on the, the season here. Zeke. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, he's not getting that many targets, although, you know, Pollard has just under double what he does, 13 to 7. Uh, he's getting way more rushing yards. He just hasn't scored any touchdowns. I mean, he's got one, but I think that's where he kind of made his hay over the last few years is he was scoring touchdowns at a higher than average rate. And yeah, this offense hasn't looked terrible with Cooper Russian. I, I will say that, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think here because you'd think with uh, backup quarterback in that they'd be relying on the run a little bit more. 
But again, I'm guess I'm expecting rational coaching from Mike McCarthy, and I should know better that than place. that. I know. I, I I fall into the trap again. Why do you I do this like to it. yourself? I don't know. <laughs> but I with Zeke, know. I was I was going to ask. You know, as the switch is going to happen between Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott. Don't worry, folks. Jerry Jones came out and said that Dak Prescott still has his job when he comes back. Because I know we were all waiting for that mm-hmm. confirmation. But it, it's it's not like Zeke isn't playing. He's out there 65-plus percent of snaps. Mm-hmm. He had one catch on Sunday. I looked, I was like, oh, wow, look at that one play from Zeke. He caught the ball for like 30 yards, and that was his only play of the game, essentially. And that's what you hung your hat on if you had him on your your team. But again, I'm not playing him at a minimum until Dak comes back. And probably I have to wait that first game to even see what what that connection still looks like or if it really means anything, because I don't Mm -hmm. think it does. So going forward, a Zeke Elliott versus Naeem Hines is a real conversation that people are going to have to have. A Zeke Elliott That's gross. versus Mark Ingram taking over some new duties here. Uh, the duties. Uh, we have to consider that, and that's fucking gross, man. So mm-hmm. gross. All right, we can stop talking about Zeke now. <laughs> Who do you want to pivot to? Uh, I just want to end the show. I can't keep doing this no, negativity. No, I know. I know. I know. Um, I let's. Let's go back. Well, let, let's stick with Dallas here. How about that? And go to tight end right. and talk Dalton Schultz. Currently right. at tight end 35. And again, kind of the same things we've talked about. We'll just kind of piggyback off, you know, change of quarterback, yada, yada, offense, Mike McCarthy. You would think that with a backup quarterback that the tight end would be his best friend. And it really hasn't happened which I don't understand. And we saw Michael Gallup come back this week, uh, scored a touchdown, if I remember correctly, uh, looked good in his return, which is awesome to see. That makes me happy. Um, I don't know if that's just a function of that, but even leading into that for the first few weeks here before Gallup came back, you would have thought Dalton Schultz would have had more of a impact on the game and more fantasy production. So I don't know if last year was just kind of a one-hit wonder type deal where lightning you know lightning struck in a bottle and and it just happened to be one of those years and this is the guy that he is or again kind of a function of a dysfunctional offense at this point i i don't know i i know he was drafted very highly this year and yeah tight end 35 i mean give me evan ingram over him at this point Okay, let's let's back the the trolley up here for a second because Dalton Schultz has also not been playing the entirety of the year, so we have to account for that. He did play in in week four, but he didn't play in week three, so you, you factor that in. Week four okay. was awful. Week four was absolutely abysmal. Nothing. He put up a literal goose egg for you. But if we go back to week one. There was glimmers of what we wanted Dalton Schultz to be there. Nine targets, seven receptions, 62 yards, heavy involvement in the offense. Some of that with Dak Dak Prescott there. So that gives me hope. He, to me, is less dependent or more dependent on the quarterback than like Zeke is and Pollard is. Those running backs does not matter. But for Dalton, once Dak is back, I will be slotting Dalton Schultz into my lineups with confidence but not before then. So if we get another week of Cooper, then mm-hmm. I'm looking for any type of streamer at tight end. Exactly. Okay. Fair enough. So we have two different levels of cut bait there, I think. We, yours is more just like, yeah, pretty much done with them. Mine yeah. is, again, hold, um, but and I, keep them out of your starting line. Yeah, and I get that's a hard pill to swallow with the draft capital you probably had to invest in him. And with a lot of these guys, I mean, a lot of these guys we're talking about today, like you invested decent draft capital, most likely. So so it is going to be hard to cut them off your roster. But yeah, at some point, you just got to rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah, 
I'm ready to rip and rip hard with oh. this next guy. Uh-huh. Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, wide receiver 73. Allen, we need to have a talk about what you're doing with this team, what this team is doing with you. This is not, this relationship isn't working out at this point. Look, this is our. It's not you, it's me. I think it's both. I think it's both. <laughs> We're heading into our fifth date here. Uh, stuff has got to be ramped up. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, I think we're all going to lose interest. So Alan Robinson sitting there, I thought, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this in a previous episode. I thought, give the man some time to get worked into this offense, to get a feel for it. It's not always going to look as pretty as Stefan Diggs going from the Vikings to the Bills and right away looking awesome and just in crushing for fantasy. It's not always going to look like that. No, but I will say Odell, when he came in last year, looked pretty good right out of the gate and just seemed to fit right into that offense. That is true. That's a, a valid point. Maybe he had one week that was like rough, but after that, yeah, he was right in there. And meanwhile, Allen Robinson, the targets aren't there. And when the targets are there, it's the same route over and over and over again. It's these stupid little nothing four yard Max gainers. That's that's when the ball leaves Matt Stafford's hand, you know it's not going for more than four yards total. Because Allen Robinson gets it and he basically does the uh old man tight end move of just falling down <laughs> when he gets the ball. And I can't to be fair, this whole offense, the whole Rams mm-hmm. offense, is pretty suspect right now. Except um, for Cup. Well. He's doing cup course. things. But but yeah, I agree with mess. you. The whole offense is not great, Bob. It's so it's so gross. And if you ask people coming in this year, you know, pick your top five fantasy offenses. I'm guaranteeing the Rams would have been in that, if not right near the top of the list. But now we've got Allen Robinson, who has uh, a six-target high, and in that game, he comes away with two receptions for seven yards. So yeah, this is, it's not overreacting to just drop him. This mm-hmm. is like me last week. Now I know this is going to come back uh, to bite me in the ass because what I said about Darnell Mooney last week, I said, I'm <laughs> dropping him. I'm not even making a corresponding waiver ad. I'm just dropping him flat out. I feel even more bullish about Allen Robinson. Now Darnell Mooney came out with his two bullshit catches and he ended up having a <laughs> meh, okay fantasy day, but. Uh, I still maintain Darnell Mooney is is bad going forward, but not as bad as Allen Robinson. So get him off your teams. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we do one more each here? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. One more each. So I'm going to go with uh, another wide receiver here, Marvin Jones, currently in at wide receiver 67. And this one pains me. And I know it pains you, Jake. We're big yeah. Marvin Jones fans on this podcast. And I'd say I had decent hopes for him going into the season. I I, I will say I did not expect, you know, world beating numbers. Those those days are behind him, especially with Christian Kirk coming in. But I thought he would at least be the number two offensive weapon or wide receiver on this team. And he hasn't been that. Uh, It's it's been Zay Jones. And much to our surprise, uh, Mm -hmm. the couple squads that I got Zay Jones on, I'm happy he's there. But um, but yeah, he's obviously reaching, I think, what at this point is the end of his career and his fantasy value is next to nothing. Uh, yeah. Will he have a boom week here or there? Yes, he will. Because, I mean, he's still Marvin Jones. You know, it, 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 it's bound to happen. But as we've seen over the first four weeks here, even with Zay Jones out last week, you just you didn't see it. So I don't think at this point. If it hasn't happened, it's probably not going to. Uh, probably good for real life football there with their offense in Jacksonville. But for fantasy purposes, yeah, he's not really someone you can depend on at all. Nope. It's the saddest. It's This is the saddest. Marvin Jones, I was so ready to believe. And part of the reason that we believed 
in this offense. I was like, they're going to be good, and he's going to get a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's certainly not happening. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. If you want to hold out the fact that he is third on the team in targets, I mean, you do you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not something that I'm going to just no. keep him on my team for, is that. So, yeah, Marvin Jones is is bye-bye. Now, here's I, – I do want to circle – to this man and it sucks I, it's not a homer thing it's an anti-homer thing because i do want to talk about aaron Rodgers, quarterback 21 we glossed over him last week kind of lumped him in with tom brady mm-hmm. now the one thing i did say was like i would rather have cooper rush than aaron Rodgers for the weeks that cooper rush plays i still think that way that's so fair. last week against the patriots you know i know i get the excuses and you know, the, the lack of weaponry. Uh, but, you know, Alan Lazard was in there. His mm-hmm. number one stud receiver was mm-hmm. out there. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Aaron Rodgers, quarterback 21. Again, not keeping him in one quarterback league, certainly. And I'm much more inclined to keep him on the bench in two QB leagues in most instances. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's sometimes you're going to have to play him. I get that. But, again, Geno Smith. Absolutely starting him over Aaron Rodgers. Jacoby Brissett, I am starting him over Aaron Rodgers. Cooper Rush, starting him over Rodgers. And these are all gross things to say. Like, I just, yeah, yeah it's not something you never thought you'd hear with in association with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, let's be honest. But yeah, it's reached that point. Maybe he just hasn't looked comfortable in this offense really at all. You know, as someone that's watched every snap of every game. He just has not looked he just hasn't looked comfortable. He's not trusting his young wide receivers. Yeah, we saw Dobbs Brook break out, you know, two weeks ago there in week three for that huge game, but this last week, not all that much involvement. Kristen Watson, yeah, saw a little bit. I mean, he's still trying to get the timing down and earn that trust of those young wide receivers. And it's it's just a struggle and hard to watch right now. And yeah, you have to keep them on your bench at this point because you just can't trust them to put up those big numbers anymore. I'm not sure he has more than one 300 yard game in him this year. I, I really, truly for fantasy purposes, mm-hmm. I don't know that he does. So that's awful. He got six mm-hmm. touchdowns to three interceptions. That's certainly not the Rogers we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to your point, don't, don't get caught up in the namesake. Again, maybe you drafted him somewhat high in your league, which shame on you. You should have listened to us a little bit more. Um, but sit him, cut him in one quarterback leagues, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Whew. Let's shake it off. I know. Let's let's move on from there and um, talk about some good things. So starts of the week. Let's do a little recap of last week, and we both knocked this one out of the park. It's a little pat on the back here. Um, <laughs> hey, we don't we don't get them always right. So, Jake, you had Austin Eckler at Houston, the number two overall scorer for the week, and the RB one with thirty four point nine points. Congratulations on that. That was a good call. Thank you. Thank you. Feels good. And again, that was more of a confidence booster for people who needed to hear it. Nobody was saying that he was going to be awful, but just wanted you right. to believe. So I'm glad he did. Yep. And then I will take a win on this one at also with DK Metcalf at Detroit. Ended up with 23.7 points, number 19 overall, and the number eight wide receiver on the week. So solidly in the top 12. Uh, I will take that as a major victory on my part as well. So kudos to both of us on that one. Yay. (laughs) And now we have to see if we can maintain this momentum. Mm -hmm. So uh, dare we, do you want to start? Do you want me to kick this off? I'll start us off. So I am going back to against Houston, as you did last week. I'm taking James Robinson. Going against Houston. Thief. I know. But you got to play the matchups here. That's what this is all about. And James Robinson is coming off a week where he did not perform well for you at all. Uh, they had a bad game script. They got behind early. And he just wasn't on the field because they were passing the ball. That's where ETN was, was more involved in where we thought 
what we thought we would see out of ETN more so this whole season. Uh, this week, game script should be much better back to what they've had over the first couple weeks of the season. James Robinson should be able to stay on the field more, and I would expect him to get at least a touchdown. Possibly a couple wouldn't uh, surprise me at this point, uh, especially against that Houston defense. I, I like it. I like it a lot. It's so weird to see James Robinson near the top of fantasy ranks for running backs right now. After we'd all just been dumb and basically mm-hmm. wrote him off entirely. So kudos to you, James. And my start of the week, Dallas Goddard at Arizona. Now, this is not somebody who's been bad, certainly, for fantasy. Dallas, mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard has been very fantasy relevant. He is coming into this week as the tight end nine. So perfectly reasonable, fine. I think it is going to be neck and neck between Dallas Goddard and Travis Kelsey as the tight end one this week. Arizona looks like Arizona last year against the tight ends. They were the automatic start your guys against them because they're so atrocious. So they're the the second worst somehow, uh, only not quite uh, first worst against tight ends so far this year. But it's like you can have anybody play against them. Ian Thomas was one of the tight ends that they played against last week, Carolina. Then it's like your your Higbees. To be fair, Tyler Higby coming on stronger Mm -hmm. than I imagined him to. But they're not facing just the cream of the crop tight ends. They are facing (laughs) some bottom-rung dudes who are performing fine against them. Dallas Goddard, not a bottom-rung dude. He's going to smash this. Yeah, I like that. Woo. Okay. Beer bet time. You betcha. You betcha. Now, I did pick last week. Um, even though we nullified it, I will mm-hmm. give the reins back to you so you can select this week. All right. And I'll be honest, I couldn't remember if, if you had picked or if it was me. Uh, so let's take a look at the schedule here and let's find something that we can uh, work with. Don't do anything too gross, okay? You just nothing too gross. Yeah, nothing too gross. Like uh, you know, I, I don't want one of these things where you go, well, let's put the third string backups against each other, and no. just see what happens. Ooh, that could be interesting. Oh, could it? There's <laughs> one that's interesting. Stop! Stop with the the bullshit teasing. And just let me have it. Well, the first one that came to mind here as I was scrolling through, Cooper Rush versus Matthew Stafford, PPR points. Oh, now, well, PPR doesn't really matter. Unless you expect one of these guys to be, you know, out there catching passes. Right. Yeah, Cooper Rush, you know, Matt Stafford, That he's Matt Stafford is an Aaron Rodgers, so that would still be a pretty easy one for me. Okay. You don't have to. You don't have I know. To. That's, that's what I said. It's just a thought. I'm like, ooh, that could be interesting. Yeah. How about... think how about this one jk dobbins versus joe mixon i will still take the joe mixon side all right yeah it i hate that you made me do that (laughs) but i know you love jk dobbins last week i do scored a couple of touchdowns and so that buoyed his his fantasy it did it did i will i will still take Mixon, I just don't believe in Dobbins as the long-term rest of season guy. So let's let's do it. All right, typing her in the sheet. All right, God, that's gross. Could it couldn't have been anybody but Joe Mixon, huh? That's why I picked it. God damn it! I I I kind of hope I lose. I wanted to see how you really felt about him. Yeah, It, it doesn't sit well. (laughs) <laughs> but I just really don't believe in J.K. Dobbins mm-hmm. significantly. So, well, well, all right. Gross. Um, and it's two shots next week. So That's right. Woo! Shit's getting crazy. All right. Any, anything else you want to uh, hit here before we peace out for the week? Um, only that I'm really excited for second week in a row. We have early morning Sunday football. Another London game this week. Uh, so that is going to be fun because I love nothing more than crawling out of bed 
turning on the TV and there's already football on. Uh, drink some coffee, have a little BM this week with that because our Packers are playing uh, with their first time overseas. So that'll be fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that, though. I love I love these London games early in the morning. They should have one almost every week. Yeah, I don't know why people are complaining about London games. If, if in the lineup setting things, and I get it, Alvin Kamara was out early. He was on my roster. I had to mm-hmm. wake up early and swap him out. It's what you do. But you and can't I, be mad about getting out of bed and having football on right and away. I, and I get on the West Coast, you know, that's at like 530 no. in the morning. But still, it's still amazing. No excuses. Play like a champion. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you want to win those ships, you got to get up early and make those lineup changes. That's right. So be at the alert for this week when the Packers do play. Not that you'll probably, uh, well, I mean, keep an eye on like Aaron Jones and, and mm-hmm. A.J. Dillon. And the Giants side, keep an eye on Saquon Barkley. So literally just your running backs. Keep an eye out yeah. for any injury alerts that pop up for the running backs in case you have to make a swap. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, anything else, Jake, before we sign off here? No siree. No. All right, folks. Make sure if you're watching us live here tomorrow, go check your waiver wire for any drops. Get those people that are tilting and, and dropping good players because of whether it's injury or whatever else, they're just tilting and just can't handle these players on their roster like Jake dropping Darnell Mooney last week. Uh, go check them out. You'll find some gems out there. As always, go out, give us a rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Sign up for our sign up. Subscribe to our YouTube channel here. Watch us live every single week. Our DMs are always open, especially now we're we're in season here for any start sit questions, uh, trade questions, anything like that. We are here for you at your disposal. Hit us up at Drinking Fantasy. Our DMs are always open. Hit up my co-host Jake at Jake Trowbridge. You can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks. Keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.